Welcome to Board Game Binge, the place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content from across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're chatting with Raina Lynn Medina, the creator behind the wildly popular TikTok channel, One Minute Board Games. Today, we're gonna talk about this growing platform and how she navigates it. Raina, welcome to The Binge. How are you doing? I'm great, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. We were just talking off air and I was mentioning how I get like super, super excited. <laughs> Anytime I can get a guest on this show that comes at this industry from a completely different angle. Uh, certainly uh, TikTok is growing and continues to accelerate in growth. And I would even say that we're starting to see that demographic age starting to creep up as well on that, uh, on that platform. Mm -hmm. So for me, I know there's a lot of publishers that are getting into TikTok now. We're getting into TikTok as well. And uh, what a better time to talk to an expert in this field than someone who has a following, and let me get this number here, I think it was 282,000, I think last time I checked, uh, followers on your channel, which is just incredible. So congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Yeah, I don't really, I don't think I'm an expert, but um, I, do, I do know a little bit of how TikTok works. <laughs> that is a crap load of followers, I would say. So I would, I would put you in the expert uh, category for sure. Much more than the people who are like under a thousand, I would say, so. So let's start kind of with your background. Uh, so how did you how did you get into board games? Sure. So my current partner Phil, he was the one that actually got me into board games. He had been into tabletop board gaming for a while, and of course, once you start dating someone, you want to try to drag them into your hobbies with you. And yeah. thankfully for the both of us, it's really stuck with me. So it's been about um, almost three years now that I've been into hobby board gaming. So just three years. That's actually not that long when you think about it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was there like a gateway game that pulled you in or what kind of pulled you into the, the industry? My gateway game was Space Face. Okay. Yes, which is a one of my favorite games of all time. I think it just holds a special place in my heart, maybe because it was my gateway game, but yeah. Now, is there a certain style of game that you, that you kind of gravitate towards or is it kind of like any game is, is kind of, uh, you know, fair fodder or? Yeah, I'm a big fan of like medium to heavyweight Euro games. Mm. Um, I do um, value mechanics over theme. Personally, I'm not a big fan of like conflict games. I'm a bit sensitive. Mm. So like troops on a map kind of thing, not not my thing. I'll play it, but like I won't actively seek out conflict. <laughs> now, this was this a bad experience in like in a in a board game that you played or is it just in life? You just kind of try to avoid conflict. <laughs> Um, it's maybe just in life. It's like my personality trait. Like if I, I, I guess I, it might sound bad, but like I like to win, not in like an unhealthy way. I don't think so, but I just feel like it's such a reflection of myself, which is yeah. not the best thing. But so like, if I lose a game because of somebody else messing with me rather than like me not playing well, then it's like a, it hits like a little note with me, but yeah, that's just me being honest. <laughs> yeah, I'd say like there's a reason why Euro style games are so popular, right? Because they kind of appeal to everyone, right? Where when you start kind of slicing off like social deduction games or you start getting into like, again, skirmishes where you're attacking the other person, uh, you're getting a narrower and narrower set of people who are actually uh, attracted to those kind of games. So mm -hmm. uh, certainly Euro styles and you have the super heavy ones right down to things that are super light. I find myself, usually a Euro style is the first game I'm gonna get somebody to play when I'm trying to get them into the industry because the chances are they're gonna get hooked into the industry and then they'll find kind of their own path when they get in there, I guess. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. 
So you're, so you're into nursing, I guess, is that your, so you're a nursing student or your nurse currently, or what, what's your kind of background there? Yeah. So I am a full-time nursing student right now. It is an accelerated program, so it's a bit heavy, but I plan to become a nurse by next year. Wow. And then do you find that, um, like with board games and your channel, how do you, how do you balance that with, you know, cause obviously nursing is, and if you're a full-time student, that's a lot of studying, a lot of work, right? So mm -hmm. a lot of crazy hours I imagine as well. So how do you, how do you balance that? That's a good question. So I, I don't have, I quit my part-time job. So mm. kind of TikTok and board games has become my part-time job. <laughs> okay. Um, so I have a lot of more free time. So I basically like what I do is I, I time block. So like the morning to like the afternoon will be like all school stuff. Cause I yeah. have my lectures and I'll do my schoolwork and then like the afternoon to the evening, I'll do just like board game stuff. So that's what works for me. Nice. And then, so when you have a following as large as you do, uh, 282,000 people, which is a lot of followers, eventually that's going to get to a point where it may be tough to manage that with the nursing. So is it, do you see these things kind of cohabitating or do you see them kind of going different paths or, or how do you plan to kind of manage that as you, as you move forward? Um, is your question kind of like, if I plan to like become deeper in the board game industry, how it's going to work with me becoming a nurse? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good exactly question. Cause question. <laughs> I get that question a lot. Um, so the awesome thing about nursing and I'm sure with most jobs too, is yeah. it's very easy to be part-time. Yeah. So I, I do very much love nursing and I want it to be my career, but if I also do love what I'm doing in the board game industry now, but you know, a possibility could be like me working one 12 hour shift as a nurse and just doing board game stuff the rest of the time. <laughs> have you been able to combine the two at all? Like, have you been able to introduce like other people in, in your nursing school to board games or maybe some downtime when you, you know, maybe all nighters and so forth to kind of break <laughs> the ice? Have you ever kind of broke it a board game or? No, so it's been, it's a tough because it's it's such a hard program, honestly. Yeah. So we don't have time to like kind of mingle. Not that much time, I guess. Yeah. Um, also, it's been weird, like with the pandemic and everything. We were online for a long time, so I didn't even meet a lot of my classmates until recently. But whenever we have lecture, because we do Zoom here, they like see my board game shelf and they're like, "What is that? Are you going to invite us over to play board games soon?" <laughs> so, like, definitely in the future. And how many years do you have left of your nursing school? I have one more year. So have you thought about how to, because obviously you got a passion, right? And then I'm sure nursing is a passion of yours as well. Is there a plan to try to, I guess, as you get into that next stage of your career in nursing to, to try to integrate it at all or, or gamify maybe some of that, uh, that job? I don't know. I haven't really thought about it, to be completely honest. Yeah. I kind of like keeping the things separate, if I'm being completely honest. <laughs> so one's more of an escape, I guess, than that's what you kind of treated or? Oh, um. A little bit. Yeah. I, I think I like to keep just like parts of my life separate, just me personally. <laughs> yeah. Now you started your, your TikTok channel. I believe there was one post that was like, I think in like May or June last year, but then kind of officially the board game side seemed like it started, I think in July yeah. uh, of 2020. Like, what was the decision? Like, what was kind of the catalyst that got you just to say, hmm, I think I'm going to do a TikTok channel that's focusing on board games. Like what got you kind of that idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I started using TikTok just like as myself personally, um, yeah. in the beginning of last year. And then I had seen a TikTok of like a board game related TikTok. And I was like, Oh, like, that's interesting. I had never seen that before. I'd never even thought about it. So I was just like, Oh, what if I just start making board game content on TikTok? That'll be fun. And then I just ran with it and then kept on running and it took off. <laughs> 
And then was there, because you, you have some videos that have hit like in the tens of thousands of views. Mm -hmm. um, how do you, like, because like, I imagine when you're first starting out, you're just kind of throwing everything against the wall to see what kind of sticks. Was there any kind of method to the madness, so to speak, or? Um, when I was just starting off, I think it was exactly what you said. I was putting out a bunch of different types of content to see like what did the best and you know, we were talking off screen earlier about how like TikTok is so volatile, like you don't know how well some videos will do. Like you go on my page, you'll see a video with 3 million views and you'll see one with 3000 views and it's just like such polar opposites. Yeah. But um, I think that I am able to predict which of my videos will do well. Everything else is just a toss up in the air. So how do you do that? How do you predict which ones are going to do well? Um, just the video, the type of videos that repeatedly do well, which are the ones about party games. Mm. TikTok loves the party games. And like, also I do these like example round videos where I talk to myself in like three different colored hats and those also do really well, just like across the board. <laughs> so like little skits and or sketches, I guess, when you, you're, you kind of act out a, a scenario. Now, is there specific, because I know there's different uh, clumps of time, right? That you can, you can set your video at. So is there a specific length of time that, that you target with your, your videos or? Um, I always tried to, so TikTok originally was just up to a minute long, which is why I got my, my one minute board games from like, yeah. okay, we're on with this. Um, they recently released a three minute video feature, which mm. I, I don't really use that just because I feel like people don't stick around longer than a minute to watch stuff. And that really kind of hampers on your engagement and stuff. I was reading a stat recently on uh, specifically on TikTok, and it was something to the effect of uh, three seconds. So when somebody is swiping uh -huh. their feed, right, they got you got three seconds to grab them. That's, that's pretty accurate. Yeah, if you don't grab them three, this is literally on TikTok Business Manager. <laughs> so it's from TikTok. <laughs> uh, three seconds to grab them. And then if you don't grab them, they're on to the next video, right? And then I guess the key is kind of grabbing them and then kind of hooking them in. When you've created your content, do you do like, like walk me through the process of, of how you kind of create content? Like, is it, is it planned? Is it kind of just by the hip? Oh, I'm going to kind of shoot this thing. Like, how do you walk us through kind of how that works? Sure. So aside from like my, my sponsored videos, it's mainly just like whatever game that I want to do on, or sometimes my audience will request a certain game. Mm -hmm. And from there, what I do is I go ahead and I write a script. And then I sort of just run through the script to see and time it to see if it'll fit in under a minute. And then I just record all the videos based on the script. It makes it a lot easier for me. And then um, edit everything together and record a voiceover. And in your your video, because there's different ways uh, I've seen people edit TikTok. Some uh, people do it offline, right? So they'll, they'll create all the video and they'll, they'll edit it offline with I don't know, iMovie or whatever their, their mm -hmm. editing suite is. And then they upload to TikTok. Others will actually record everything right on their phone, do the editing there. How do you how do you approach that? All of my like tutorials and my one minute videos, I um, edit it all like on an app on my phone. Mm. Um, I do like really like small like videos here and there that are mainly like trends that are going on on TikTok right now that I try to make board game related to like activate the algorithm. And those are really easy for me to just do in app. And, and so those are two things I want to hit on. So one is what is the app you use to do your video editing? I use Splice. Splice. Mm -hmm. And I, it is an app that I had to pay for. I think I pay, I think it's a subscription base. So I, it's like three bucks a month or something like that. Sure. But very worth it for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, if it saves you a lot of time and it only costs $3 a month, 
maybe skip the coffee that month uh, at uh, Starbucks <laughs> and uh, get some software that's going to help save you some time in uh, mm-hmm. in your in your creation. Um, the other thing is is the trending. So talk to us a little bit about what you mean by that. What do you mean by the trending? So there are like certain trends that go on on TikTok, whether it's like certain like sounds or like you know different like. Um, like sort of like little dances and stuff. Maybe it really depends because the TikTok algorithm is so great. So like your for you page might be different from someone else's. Mm-hmm. But like once you see like a sound that's just like being used a lot, then it's a good idea to probably try to use that sound and incorporate it into your brand somehow because it's obvious that a lot of people are using this type of sound. Now, do people search by the sound or is it just the algorithm just will say, hey, this sound is being used by a lot of people. Let's now start serving more uh, videos that, that contain the song. Yes, more so the latter. You can search through a sound, but I don't think, really think that happens that often. It's mainly the algorithm saying, hey, this sound is like really popping right now. So let's just push this out to people. And how do you find these sounds? Like, how do you find what's trending? Is there like software that you use to find what's trending? Or is it just from your own observations? Or It's just from my own observations. So it's just like whatever, like, because I use TikTok a lot, just me personally. So whatever, like I see that's occurring a lot on my feed, mm-hmm. that's what I use as inspiration. And then when you started moving into these um, promoted posts, um, so this is what, just reviewing people's games or explaining like what a game is like that a publisher sends you or? Yes, so I don't do reviews because I have no idea how to review games. So I only do like objective content, like one minute tutorials or overviews. And then that is what I do for publishers or companies. And when did you start doing that? Like when did that part kick in? Um, so I started working with publishers for just like free products. I like as early as maybe August of last year. So about a wow. month after I started my TikTok channel. And um, I think I started doing sponsored content. Um, my first one was like November of last year. Wow. And then how did, how did you, like what kind of following did you have at that point where you had publishers saying, hey, I'll send you a game just to, can you please talk about it? So I actually initially started reaching out to publishers. That was how mm, I started. Smart. I had developed um, a following. I think I maybe had like 10, 15,000, 20,000, somewhere in that range. And I reached out to publishers that I really liked. I was really personally a big fan of, and I had already covered some of my games, or some of their games. I just shot them an email, introduced myself, like said, hey, I'm a really big fan of, you know, the games that you put out. I've covered some of your games already. If you ever need to promote any other games, you know, I'd love to help you out with that. Or we can just start a relationship. And that was how I started initially in the beginning of my channel. And then the difference between them sending you a free uh, game and, and reviewing that to what you call sponsored posts, I guess, is that now there's like a rate card you've eventually established where um, like manufacturers reach out to you and then you say, well, here's my rates to do your, your post. And and how does that work? Like, is it kind of the hand of the game and over to you to figure it out? Or is there like, is there dialogue or walk us through kind of that process as you're kind of talking and dialoguing with these, these publishers? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so I, I reach a certain point where I don't have to reach out to publishers anymore. They typically reach out to me and to make it easier. I came up with a rates, um, like a rates page on my website. Yeah. Firstly, because it's easier to direct them to. And secondly, I want to be transparent to other creators as well, because when sure. I first started, I had no idea what to charge for sponsored posts. And the rate that I originally started at, I had so many people telling me like, you should be charging way more. And I said, okay, well, I have no idea what the base is. I don't know what anybody else is charging. Yeah. So that was the reason that I came up with the, my rates page. And I have like a few different packages. So, you know, there's like room for, you know, improv, you know, if someone wants a TikTok video or a YouTube video or both, or we come up with a custom package, but 
I direct them to that page and just let me know if you have any questions. And then is there any kind of like analytics or anything like that that comes out of that so that I imagine like publishers, right? If they're going to, if they're going to do um, either a sponsored post or like you see this on Instagram a lot, people do sponsored posts or you do it on YouTube or there's a box opening with a reviewer or in this case now a TikTok video. How do they know which platform to kind of do these on or which ones are going to have the results and, and what kind of analytics do they have even available to them? Mm -hmm. um, so analytics that I typically give publishers are just um, general analytics for my TikTok page. And I also give them analytics from a few different other sponsored posts that I've done. Um, and just stuff like, you know, like profile views, comments, shares, um, stuff like that. Um, in regards to like the TikTok versus YouTube type of thing, people generally go for the TikTok post because that is where I have my entire following. A lot of but, followers. Um, Yes, I do want to start moving into YouTube eventually. So that's why I offer like the little YouTube package. But then the YouTube video also comes with like a shorter TikTok video. So you kind of get like the both of them and it's kind of to help me build my YouTube following. Hmm, smart. Mm -hmm. So why why the branch into YouTube? Like one might look at this and say, wow, you're already over a quarter million followers. Why not try to get to a million, right? Why, why even split your focus? Good question. Um, mainly because I do want to put out content that's longer than a minute. A lot of my <laughs> stuff on YouTube is just like me with Phil. It's like kind of like our YouTube channel, just talking about board games, doing a lot of fun stuff. Um, and also the demographic on YouTube is very different from the demographic on TikTok. So I do all of my, most of my focus is on TikTok for sure. But like I entertained the idea of like branching out to a different demographic as well. So talk to me about that. So your your demographic is different on the two channels. One, I, I'm going to assume TikTok is skews younger, right? Right now, anyways. Mm -hmm. um, that might change, uh, you know, in the coming years because we're seeing more and more content that's, uh, you know, designed to reach an, an older audience. And, uh, you know, from their stats, anyways, they're showing their demographics are starting to kind of skew up. Mm -hmm. And then you have YouTube, which is obviously uh, an older crowd, right? Mm -hmm why why the, the the desire to get into that other demographic um i do because i you know like i said earlier my preference in games is like medium to heavyweight euro mm. games and i still want to cover those because that's what i really like to but wouldn't do well on tiktok got it mm -hmm. so how do you approach those games now on tiktok like so if you only have a minute what what's your because you have your skits, obviously, and, and you know, we we're talking off air. The one I was laughing pretty hard at was the uh, colonialism one that you did, <laughs> which I thought was great. Thank you. Um, and, and to me, it showed uh, not only was it great, but you're, you're obviously on point with the discussion that's happening in the industry, right? So mm -hmm. when something is become a hot topic or, or people are, are, are having dialogue around certain things in the board game industry and... This is one industry, quite frankly, shocks me that, uh, you know, the, the one place people sometimes go to escape, you know, from, um, you know, political chatter and so forth, there, there is no escape, right? So I, I think it's, you know, the tongue in cheek, I thought was, it was quite clever. But how do you, um, in a case like that, aside from doing these, like these skits and so forth, when you're, when you're dealing with actual board games, which is at the end of the day, what this is all about how do you choose how to condense like a heavy game down like into a minute? Like, how do you, I don't even know where to begin in that regards, right? Like by the time I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm finished showing the cover, my minute's up. So how do you approach that? 
Yeah, so for a heavier game, what I like to do is generally more of an overview. And so the information that I like to get in there is the um, like the theme of the game real quick. So you know what you're what you're doing, um, some of the mechanics that might be used and then a little bit about how the gameplay works. So, of course, that's typically um, suited for like more hobby board gamers. So they're going to know like all of the buzzwords like deck building, you know, network yeah. building and this and that. And because the point of my content is not for you to learn all about this game in one minute, but to watch it enough and be like, OK, I might be interested in this game. Let me go look for content somewhere else, more information about it. Interesting. Um, with the the trending hashtags, how important is that? Like, I know how important it is, but I want to hear you talk about it. The the trending hashtags in TikTok, how much of a driver is that in 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 how how do you choose what to to hashtag? Um, well, of course, all algorithms are just like theorized. They're not like you know released by TikTok. Like, do these things, and your videos will do well. Um, I don't think that hashtags are all that important, to be honest. Um, mm. I do use them in my videos just because I have caption space, so why not use them? Um, but I use like the more general um, hashtags like board games, hashtag tabletop. Um, if it's a party game, I'll do like party game or like game night and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't I don't think it's that important because I see a lot of videos on my TikTok page that do really well, but have no hashtags in them. So again, you attribute that to maybe the music that's chosen or... Um, the visual style. I noticed on a lot of your, uh, and I was showing your page to people who were watching live uh, earlier, but I'm just going to flick over there again. Um, there, you have a lot of kind of like captions, right, on on your on your videos, uh, whether it be, you know, either uh, you know, uh, you know, the, the the videos when you're when you're talking about uh, a certain type of game, and then you've got words to explain what that game is and different examples of that game. In other cases, um, when it's your learn to plays and so forth. How important are those captions and how do you map those out? Like, is that something you kind of map it all out ahead of time, then go in and enter it afterwards, or do you kind of just figure it as you go or? Yes. So I believe that if you use like the, are you talking about like the closed captions that I have, like in the corner? No. Like when you have like an overview, like you'll have like, um, like there'll be a box over top of your video and they'll have like words that'll pop up and so forth. Yeah. Um, I, so I think that you should use the, the text feature on TikTok. I think that the TikTok algorithm algorithm likes it if you use their features. Mm. Um, and I, it's kind of just like, I don't do it for every video, but like, if I think that it'll help people like understand the information more to have like a verification of like, okay, taking a turn is what we're learning about right now. Um, I'll go ahead and do it, but I don't do it all the time. I don't think it's super important. <laughs> gotcha. Mm-hmm. So what's some advice you'd have for, someone who's looking to start out, right? So there's a lot of publishers I've seen as of late saying, hey, looking to start a TikTok channel and board game binge and Tin Robot games are, are two of them, I can tell you that right now. Um, they're reaching out to other people saying, hey, follow us, we'll follow back and so forth. But what what would you recommend? How does somebody kind of start this? Like, I, it, it feels like you kind of, this thing grew way faster than you expected, but now you're able to kind of look back uh, with a clear vision as to what you did, right? In that that struggle, what would you, how would you recommend somebody start? I think if I were to give any tips for someone looking to start TikTok specifically, um, I would say maybe have an idea of a few different types of content that you want to put out. Just because if you have like a structure that you want to follow, it makes it a lot less, or it makes it a lot easier to get less burnt out mm. because, so I like cycle 
through like tutorials, overviews, and then I also have recommendations in my like example round videos. So like if I'm getting a bit sick of doing tutorials and I'll shift over and also helps hit different audiences. Mm -hmm. um, also being consistent is super important just in content creation in general. Yeah. But TikTok is very demanding. It, it you know, it helps if you post every day, sometimes even multiple times a day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I think that would be just the main two things. Like I know it's your channel, you're posting looks like at least once every other day at the minimum, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Or more. Um, I've noticed with even videos that I've posted, usually you have the first like 24 hours. So all your views happen the first 24 hours and then it just drops to like no incremental views after 24 hours. I'm not sure why that is. If that's the algorithm serving it up, but then they don't consider it fresh and then uh, they move on or like, do you have any insight into that at all? Or, I mean, that's obviously yeah. why you have to keep cranking out new content, right? That's a good question. So the cool thing about TikTok is, you know how you have the For You page? Yeah. If you'll notice everything on your For You page, it has no date. So you have no idea when that video was put out. Mm. And it is possible for the algorithm to dredge up old videos. And the reason that they don't put the dates there is because they don't want to have their users think, okay, since this video is old, it's not as good. But um, generally speaking, it is sort of the algorithm or TikTok pushing out your video and seeing that if there's any um, watch time with it or like interactions with it, seeing if people receive it well. And if they do receive it well, then they'll continue to push it out. And if not, they'll probably stop doing that. Got it. Um, I noticed on some of your videos where you have like a, a major uh, license like Disney, for instance, um, like Villainous is a great example where you had some mm -hmm. massive, massive coverage on Villainous. Was it the content, was it those ones, uh, Disney or what do you think it was, or is just that particular game? Like, what do you think kind of struck a note on those ones? Um, I definitely think it could be the IP cause I have done a, um, a few different videos on not only Disney villainous, but I did a, a kingdom hearts video recently. I also did like a Disney geek out, which is like a Disney trivia game video mm -hmm. recently. And those all did really well. So I definitely think if it's something that is relatable to like the mass audience, it'll do better. Got it. And is there any other tools that, that you use that somebody should consider when they're trying to make content? So you've, you've mentioned the one app already, uh, I think was it slice, 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 mm -hmm. splice. Uh, is there other apps you use or like, what are some of the other things you would uh, recommend people use if they're kind of starting out to, to get into this? Um, no, so that's the main app that I use. I use the voice memos app on my iPhone, which comes with the iPhone. It's free to record my voiceovers. Oh, and I bought okay. like a, like a $7, like lavalier mic from Amazon that I plug in, like I hold up right here. So it sounds a little bit more crisp. Um, and then I got like a $10 tripod on Amazon. That's what I used to record my videos and stick my phone in there. And um, TikTok has their own closed captionings included in there now. So that's what I use. So it's very low maintenance and very low cost to start up, which is what I really like about it. Like should people consider like ring lights and things like this or what kind of like equipment should they be looking at? Um, you can, I, I'm lucky because my game room is in the living room and has a lot of natural, lot of natural light, light. Okay, yeah. but so I guess it's like a per case basis, but there's some affordable like light options out there. Definitely. And then in terms of trying to find like the right angles and th is there any right way to find angles or, or to kind of prop the shot and do you spend some time kind of trying to figure that out? Okay. Here's, here's how I want to kind of prop the shot before I, I take, cause often I think when people look at TikTok, they assume, oh, the person grabbed their phone and just started rolling right and some of those i'm sure are like that but i think there's a lot where people don't realize that there's some actual thought process put in ahead of time as to okay this is the angle we're going to go and this is why we want to go in this direction so what are some of your thoughts around that 
Um, so what I generally do is I just like stick my tripod up in front of me and then just whatever I think is flattering on me at the moment, <laughs> like my, my picture, but, um, when I'm just filming the, um, the, the game stuff, I have my, my stand and then my phone kind of goes forward like that. So it's yep. kind of like an overhead view. And then you just clip it together kind of afterwards, I guess, or very low maintenance, like I said. <laughs> so where do you go from here? So you've talked about you want to get into YouTube and expand there. And I think that's really cool, by the way, that, you know, working with publishers and, and promoted content where you're kind of packaging it together to start trying to leverage and, uh, and pull some of your audience over to the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Where do you see this going? So you're at a qu- over a quarter million already, which is, again, congratulations. That is Thank amazing. You. Amazing. I know you're very humble about it, but that is a massive, massive accomplishment. You're probably one of the larger ones in the industry, quite frankly, the board game industry for TikTok. So but where, where does it kind of grow to? Like, what's your, have you thought of a plan or are you just going to keep rolling or what kind of, where does it go from here? Um, I'm just thinking about all this planning in the future and it's like stressing <laughs> me out a little bit. Cause like, I like to just think right now, but it's a good sure. question. Yeah. Um, I think I, for sure, I just want to keep going on TikTok. Just want to keep on putting out content. Um, Cause consistency has got me this far and I just want to keep growing, introducing games to people. Um, just keep on doing my YouTube stuff. Um, I think I do want to dabble a bit into like more playthroughs because I like playing games with Phil, interacting with him. And, um, I think a lot of the reason why I have built such a great community is because they, they like me as a person, which is pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) And so I could just want to have to continue to develop that relationship and just see where it goes. Yeah, certainly I would say anybody looking at your content and I would encourage people to check your content out. Uh, again, uh, one minute board games on TikTok is very easy to find. I've also put a link in our show notes so people can easily just click on it and find it. Uh, if you don't have a TikTok account yet, I encourage anyone listening, set up a TikTok account at the very least just to observe what other people are doing. Um, but if you're a publisher or you're looking at doing anything in the board game industry, it seems like a bit of a no brainer to me to uh, at least set up an account and start kind of observing what others are doing. But Again, uh, if anybody wants to check out this channel, what I really love about it is the variety of content, right? So you're, as you were saying before, you're not just focused on uh, tutorials. You're not just focused on, um, you know, a review or a box opening. There's something there kind of for everyone. The little skits I think are hilarious. Um, so your personality really comes through. And I think that kind of speaks to why you've been able to build this audience uh, so strongly. If people want to follow you outside of TikTok, how best would they do that? Do you have like um, a social, other social media channels that can follow you on or? Yeah. So like I said before, we're pretty, we're on YouTube as well. Same one minute board games. And I'm also pretty active on Twitter, which is um, at one min board games because one minute with board games was too long. Just didn't fit. So Just one didn't. min, w, uh, M-I-N board games. And that's your Twitter account. <laughs> Raylan, this has been a fantastic uh, discussion. I really appreciate your time. It's been quite insightful. I want to wish you all the best with this channel. I can't wait to see it next year. I'm sure you'll be over half a million next year and maybe we'll get you back on the podcast at that point. Thank you so much for having me and for all your very kind words. Thank you. (laughs) No worries. Take care. (laughs) Cheers. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply join the Facebook group Board Game Binge and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.